Hello all, and welcome to Current Account with Clay Lowry. Clay Lowry serves as the Executive Vice President here at the Institute of International Finance. The purpose of this podcast is to bring to your attention current issues in international finance and economics, as well as provide a U.S. policy and politics angle on these different issues. Clay, over to you. Hello, this is Clay Lowry, and welcome to today's episode of Current Account. Today, I'm going to be joined by a guest, and that is Guillaume de Calion, who is an economic journalist at Le Echo, which is one of the leading financial journals in France. We're very excited to have him. What we're going to talk about is the French elections. So when this episode comes out, the French elections will be taking place on April 10th. That is the first round of the presidential elections. And Guillaume can go through this in a little more detail. But the way the elections will work is there will be a number of candidates that are running to be president. Most likely, nobody will get 50% of the vote. And so because of that, they'll have a second round of elections two weeks later on April 24th. Obviously, President Macron is running for re-election. He is the leading candidate, but there are a number of candidates running both to his right and to his left that are going to try to make this interesting. But instead of me telling you about this, let's talk to Guillaume, who's a real expert. Guillaume, maybe just walk us through a little bit the election process, how long is a presidential election, kind of just the basics, and then we'll get into a little more detail. Hello, Clay. As you said, in France, there are two rounds in the presidential election. So first, the 48 million people above 18-year-old in the country will be able to vote on Sunday the 10th of April. They'll have to choose between 12 candidates from the far right to the far left, and only two will be qualified for the second round, two weeks after, so on the 24th of April. And then at 8 p.m. this day, on the 24th of April, we should know who won the election. The man or the woman will be president for the next five years. And in France, the president has more power on the national scene than in the U.S. But to be able to govern the country, the new president will have to win the elections or the French equivalent of the Congress in the US, which is the Assemblée Nationale or the National Assembly in France. Then the new president will have to win the majority in this assembly next June, or he or she will not be able to choose the prime minister and the whole government. There's a lot of candidates. You just mentioned there's 12. At least from my own reading and talking to people, there seems to be five major candidates. But if I'm wrong on that, you can expand upon it or decrease it, whichever you'd like. But maybe you can walk us through kind of who these candidates are, a little bit about what they really stand for, why they're running, etc. You're right. There are five top candidates. When you look at the polls today, the favorite candidate is Emmanuel Macron, the actual president. So he's been president since 2017. Let's say he's uh, center-right, I would say, which means that if he was American, he would probably be a Democrat more than a Republican. He won't be on the left side of the party, so he won't be uh, Bernie Sanders, for example, but probably more like uh, Barack Obama. Emmanuel Macron is leading the polls today, and according to them, he should win. Of course, you can't be sure. Why? Well, that's actually easy to say. He faced many difficulties in the last five years, social unrest with the so-called yellow vest 
the Gilets Jaunes in France. There were people who blocked the country and the roundabouts for several weeks at the end of year 2018. And after that, the COVID and the lockdowns and then the war in Ukraine. So French people think, obviously, that Emmanuel Macron managed all these troubles quite well. The unemployment rate, for example, today is at its lowest level for 15 years. But I think the main reason why he leads the polls is that people don't seem to trust his competence. When war is raging at your borders, you want to vote for someone you trust because the years might be difficult for Europe in the future. But on the other side, part of the population, especially the French working class, sees Emmanuel Macron as the president of the wealthy, as they say. And many people are not very excited or not very interested in this election because of COVID and the war in Ukraine. And many people did not choose who they will vote for, even if we are 10 days before the first round. So I would say that everything can still happen, even if the polls say that Macron should be re-elected. His main competitor is Marine Le Pen. She lost five years ago against Emmanuel Macron. So this election in 2022 will be like a revenge for her. But there are important differences with uh, what happened five years ago in uh, 2017. First, Marine Le Pen is less viewed by French people as being far right. She is more considered to be able to rule the country. She talks about immigration and safety in the streets, which are still her main concerns. But she tries to be moderate on these subjects. So, at least she's more moderate than in 2017. Basically, she does not want to be seen as the French Donald Trump. She's quite smooth with journalists and it might work. I mean, in the polls, Marine Le Pen is up in the last month because she's been helped by a new contender named Eric Zemmour. Eric Zemmour is a journalist. He was working for Le Figaro. Le Figaro is a conservative daily, but Zemmour is well known because he appeared very often in TV talk shows in the last 10 years. And he is really far right. He's anti-immigration and against Islam. He is the real French Donald Trump in that election. In fact, he just overtook Marine Le Pen on her right side, and he is seen as more extremist than her. He even says that Marine Le Pen is left-wing today. He's the problem, actually, even if he will not be able to run for the second run. The problem is that people won't vote more for Emmanuel Macron to make Marine Le Pen lose this election. That's basically the problem. The fourth contender is Jean-Luc Mélenchon. That's a 70-year-old socialist senator who turned to the far left, and he's rising in the polls too. 
because a lot of people in the country did not yet decide for who they will vote for. And Jean-Luc Mélenchon is trying to convince them, and he's actually quite good at that. It nearly worked five years ago, so we don't know exactly if he will be able to be the second round this time. It seems that he won't, but you never know. He's not that far from Marine Le Pen, just three or four percent. And the last main candidate is Valérie Pécresse. She's a woman who runs the Conservative Party, but she's around 10% in the polls for the first round, so she should not be qualified for the second round. Jean-Luc Mélenchon so, has about 15% of the votes in the polls today, and Éric Zemmour is lower, about 11%, but voters for Éric Zemmour might vote for Marine Le Pen on the second round. And Marine Le Pen is around 18% today in the polls in the first round. And Emmanuel Macron is leading the polls with something like 25%. Very, very helpful. So let's kind of focus now a little bit on the issues. You mentioned a number of them. So there's unemployment, which it sounds like Macron has done a pretty good job on. There are the concerns about safety and security and immigration, which are probably a little bit linked, of which Zemmer and Le Pen clearly have views that are a bit different. There is the issue, and I would think it becomes a big issue, it's become a big issue in the United States, and I think it's become one in France, is cost of living and inflation type of issues. Then there's the foreign policy ones, which is led, of course, by the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So in your opinion or opinion polls or whatever, are those the core issues or there could be a couple others? It just kind of depends on how they come out on those to see which candidates makes the most sense for them. Actually, the first concern is the cost of living and wages. The rising inflation basically changed everything. Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour make the link between immigration and safety, and they thought that this subject would be the first concern, and it's not, because with an inflation rate around 5% in March, with oil prices and other commodities going up and basically accelerated with the war in Ukraine, then people just fear the future. Will they be able to buy food in the supermarkets? and go on holidays this summer? That's the questions they're asking. Because wages are not anymore linked to inflation, like in the US. And there's a difference with the American economy, is that the French economy is much less dynamic than the American economy today. So wages do not grow at the same speed than consumer prices these days. So if I speak in real terms, wages will go down in 2022. So people want solutions. But it's hard to see what a president can do about that, at least in the first month. Second concern, but just second, is immigration and safety. Once again, the far right says these are the same problems. And this is why the far right is so high in the polls. People seem to think that the next president should implement better or tougher control on immigrants, especially from North Africa and Africa. It's been the case in the last maybe 10 or 15 years. It's a subject that French people would like politicians to address on a tougher way. But actually, nobody knows exactly what to do. 
And the third one is public debt, because with the COVID recession and then the high inflation, the French state is heavily indebted. Public debt is about 112% of GDP. So will the next government raise taxes? Will it cut public spending? These are the questions too. Finally, because of COVID and war, the climate question is not really in the debate. Shame on us. It's not in the debate today in France. That's actually a great lead up because I did want to ask you a little about Macron. Over the last five years, he's obviously tried to demonstrate that he's committed to the European community. He's been showing, as we've seen on the Russia-Ukraine, that he is trying to be a leader on foreign policy issues with all his dealings with Vladimir Putin, etc., from a negotiating standpoint. So is it possible this could hurt him in that it doesn't appear that he has been as focused on what's happening in the French economy, particularly with your point about inflation? So while he's the front runner right now, is it possible that he's become a little complacent and so he could actually get overtaken because he's been focused so much on what's happening outside of France as opposed to what's happening inside of France? That's a probability, yes. That's something that might happen. What we saw in the polls is that Emmanuel Macron's scores went up exactly when Russia started to invade Ukraine at the end of February. He went from 25% to 30% of the votes in the first round. We all thought that war was a good thing for him in the sense that people would vote for order and for a man who showed his ability to rule the country. The uncertainty in war times would not push people to vote for a new adventure, if I may say, with a new president that you don't really know. But in the last three weeks, he, the president and also a candidate, did not do well. He came back around 25% of the votes probably because Emmanuel Macron is not really campaigning today. He is talking to Joe Biden, talking to Vladimir Putin. He seems to be a man above the people. Clustered in the Elysee Palace, home of the presidency, trying to avoid Third World War, but not really taking care of French people. Employment even if it's slow, is still a problem for the French people. Inflation is a problem. And the second explanation is that he announced that he would raise the age of retirement to a 65-year-old next September if he is elected. And people are against this proposition, especially who see him as the president of the wealthy. And these people, they want to know what Emmanuel Macron would decide against inflation. And today, that's hard to see. Thank you very much. Let's move on to Marine Le Pen. Anybody who's followed anything with French politics has watched her for years. And actually, before that, I guess her father. What I recall from the 2017 election, and uh, you can just tell me I'm wrong, is that she won the first round of the election, and then Macron beat her pretty badly in the second round of the election. And part of it was, boy, she's a little bit too far right. And so everybody kind of rallied around Macron. And then part of it, I thought, was she didn't really have an economic plan. She had an anti-immigrant plan. She had a safety and security plan. But she didn't really have, what do we do with the economy? Whereas Macron clearly understood a lot about the economy and he had a plan for that. 
over these last five years, or maybe it's 10 years, has she started to evolve more on how to think about an economic plan to try to become more palatable, so to speak, to the French electorate? Yeah, she changed, but I would say not that much. She failed twice in the French presidential election in 2012 and 2017. This year is her last race. When she took over Front National or the National Front in English, she changed the party a lot. Today, the majority of uh, Front National voters are coming from the working class, not the upper class. The upper class votes basically for Macron. Marine Le Pen voters are main age uh, 45-year-old, not well-paid, living in a small, disindustrialized French town, fearing immigrants. So if she was American, then her voters would be blue-collar, living in a small town of Ohio, I would say. But she knows that attracting these people will not be sufficient to win the election. So she tries to be less against, I would say, the ruling class, the wealthy. She does not want to get out of the uh, European Union anymore. And that was something very important in her program five years ago. I mean, if France is getting out of the European Union and the Euro, it is a real revolution for this country. We've been part of the European Union for the last 70 years. And I mean, if you want to go back to the French franc, what would be the value of the French franc? And people who have a bit of money on their bank account, they don't want to go back to the French franc and to the 60s. So she ended all that part of her program. So now part of the most, not really the wealthy, but the people living very comfortably, they are ready to vote for her, or at least she tried to attract them. And basically she wants to lower taxes for small businesses, and she tried to be moderate, as we said. For example, she even said that you can be Muslim and live in France, that wouldn't be any problem. And that's a real change for the French far right, because uh, Islam is uh, viewed as being an enemy. So what she wants is that people to vote for her in the second round. She doesn't want to be seen as a fascist. So in the media, French society as a whole, in uh, the election of uh, 2017, there was what we call a front républicain, a Republican front in the, in the second round. It means basically that people do not want a fascist as the head of the state. So even people from the far left, some voted for Macron five years ago just to avoid fascism. But it will not be the same this time. These people will probably just not vote for anybody in the second round. And that is why Marine Le Pen has a chance to be elected. I wouldn't say she's got a real serious economic program. She just tried to be seen as a moderate and to avoid votes against her in the second round. She's not that serious on the economic side. 
because she doesn't know what to do about inflation, about competition, about taxes, except uh, two or three propositions. So I don't know what will happen. Okay. Thank you. And by the way, I don't know what the translation for what you just said is outside of in the United States, it's called holding your nose from the stink and going ahead and voting for somebody you really would rather not vote for. But the other alternative is so bad. I got two last questions. One of them you almost got to right there. So voter turnout. So in the United States, whenever anybody's in doubt about something and they're not sure what to say, they say it all comes down to voter turnout, which of course means absolutely nothing until you actually break that down. But in France, you could see the same thing. Voter turnout, if it's not very high, one would think that hurts Macron because people sit instead of saying, hold your nose and go in and voting for Macron because you don't want Le Pen. You basically just say, I'm going to stay at home. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to vote for anybody. It's raining outside. I'm not voting today. How do you see voter turnout? Because you know that's obviously what a candidate is trying to do, get people to turn out and vote for them. Do you see it playing a big role or not? That's hard to say, but I think it will be important. Very often, a lower turnout in France means that the working class and the young did not vote much. I mean, the turnout is very uh, correlated to your revenues and your age. The older you are, the more you vote. The richer you are, the more you vote. And if working class do not vote, then Yes, in this case, it will uh, favor Macron. My guess is that turnout will be very low, even in the first round, because the campaign is actually quite boring. Medias are interested in what happens in Ukraine today more than what is going on in a small French town. And the polls show that uh, Macron will win at the end. So why would you vote if you already know the results? And there's something else. If the two candidates in the second round are exactly the same than five years ago, then it's hard not to see a low turnout because the final would be not very exciting. This is why everything can happen in this election. A poll published uh, yesterday for the second round, for example, in this, Macron would win with 52.5% of the votes against Marine Le Pen. And she would only have 47.5% of the votes. But the problem is, the margin of error of this poll is about 2.5%. So it means that we actually do not really know who will be the next president. It can still be Marine Le Pen. This leads me towards my last question, which I'm sure is not exactly a shocker, which is, all right, who's going to win? When April 25th, we wake up, who do you think will be the president of France? I would still say Emmanuel Macron, because he's been in charge for the last five years. Second, if you look at his competitors, most of them has been very close to Vladimir Putin. And that's a real problem. I mean, Marine Le Pen in 2017 has received a loan from a Russian bank for her campaign. That was about 10 million euros. A loan from a Russian bank, when you are in French politics, it just means that Vladimir Putin is trying to make you win the election. Uh, She went to Moscow 
in 2017. So that's what Emmanuel Macron told him on one of their calls uh, in February. Vladimir Putin, you can't say that you want to denazify Ukraine when you are actually financing the far right in Europe. I think French people will take the right decision and that this close ties between Russia and uh, Putin's regime and Marine Le Pen will play into the French people's decision. Thank you very much, Guillaume de Garion, economic journalist at Echo. We really do appreciate you providing enlightenment on the French elections, and we're looking forward to watching them from afar from here and up close for yourself. Thanks a lot. That was really good. Thank you. So let me do my three, two, one. Three takeaways from this are that the French presidential elections, which happen every five years, are going to take place on April 10th and April 24th. There are a lot of candidates right now, but we're going to wheedle down to two, and most likely that will be Emmanuel Macron, the current president, and Marine Le Pen. Second, the economy is clearly a big issue. Even though Russia, Ukraine dominates the newspapers, the economy, including inflation and unemployment and immigration, are very important issues to what's happening in France. Third, Emmanuel Macron is clearly favored to win, but we shouldn't sleep on the fact that there's a possibility that Marine Le Pen, the far-right candidate, could win instead. And so we'll have to be watching all of that very carefully. The two things that I'm going to be looking for, first, what's the turnout in the election? We got at that at the last question. If turnout's really low, it could hurt the current president. Secondly, how much is the Russia-Ukraine situation impacting the election? And then finally, my one sports topic for this week is going to be about golf. So this weekend, as the French go to the polls, the greatest golfers in the world will be playing in a tournament that's called the Masters. This is one of the four Grand Slam events. And unlike all the other Grand Slam events, it is held at the same venue every year in the state of Georgia here in the United States. First of all, the venue is gorgeous and usually leads to very high drama because it is a course that the best players can attack, especially when they're doing well. And they get on huge runs and putting becomes very dramatic. So it's the course that has become most famous because of people like Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, Tiger Woods, and Phil Mickelson, all of whom have won it at least three times. But I did want to link the discussion with France. So France, which is a great sporting nation in so many sports, is not known for its golf. But there have been some excellent players over the years. The one that perhaps became the most famous and maybe infamous is a man named Jean Van de Velde. He was a very good player. He won a few tournaments, but he came out of nowhere back in 1999 to take a commanding lead in the British Open. He did it with flair and with excellent putting. Unfortunately, he will not be known for that. What he is known for is on the final hole, he had a three-stroke advantage. And he played the hole like, well, me. Um, and he self-destructed and collapsed and lost in the playoff. My point is that in politics, as in sports, complacency and not finishing things up, even though you have played everything correctly for well over 90% of the time, can lead towards a disastrous result. It was a lesson that Vandeveld taught us and one that I'm sure will be on the mind of Emmanuel Macron as he goes into this election. 
Thank you once again for joining me. I'm Clay Lowry. This is Current Account, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Current Account with Clay Lowry. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to provide us any feedback or ideas about the show as we're always looking to improve and make these episodes fun and relevant for the audience. You can provide feedback at podcast at IIF.com. Please make sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.